finishing up week two of our series on baptism. And, you know, Jesus didn't give us a lot of rituals. He didn't give us, uh, you know, special robes to wear. He didn't give us, uh, you know, rituals to do daily. But he did give us a couple of things that he said, these are living portraits of, of the meaning of my life, and I want you to do them, and then I want you to remember what they mean. And, and so in the Lord's Supper and in baptism, um, there is a depth and an invitation that is, that is really eternal. Today, as we talk about baptism, uh, I want you to, to know that we're going to build on what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the, the two parts of baptism, and you've seen it today. You've seen the, the going under the water and, and the rising up, and you've seen that it's a willing reality. You know, nobody's pushing people down and, and forcing them to do this. This is, a, this is a choice driven by love. And so baptism in its first part is a willing death to a dying world. And there is so much in that, that to truly be baptized and, you know, embrace its meaning in the spirit of Jesus is then to live your baptism and the dying. And, and Jesus said, if anyone in Luke 9, 23 wants to come after me, they've got to deny themselves, take up your cross daily and follow me. In other words, this baptism thing isn't a one-time thing. It's a daily dying to a dying world. And, and so that's the first part of baptism. But I want to picture um, in life, the second part, the rising up part, and what that means, what that stands for. And we're going to go to Jesus' own baptism. And from that, take a look at the life that you and I are called to. Baptism is salvation rising through the love of God. And I want you to keep in your mind, as we talk about this, both the picture of the person coming up out of the water, but tie that to the third day. Tie that to an empty tomb. Tie that to the journey of Jesus through Easter and, and what he went through and, and what God did for him as Jesus was, was murdered by by the will of this world, by our own rejection of him and indifference to his way and his love. And yet in spite of all that we did to try to suppress and stop love, couldn't stop it. It came back. We couldn't put it down. It rose up. And so I want you to keep these pictures in your mind as we read about Jesus' baptism and then unpack it. Baptism, it's salvation rising through the love of God. And, and 1 John 4.19 says, you know, we love because he first loved us. So when I'm talking about through the love of God, it's in this full, uh, you know, hall of mirrors, endless sense of, of God loving us actively, not just with attitude, but in this agape power of the work of, of heaven that God actively, energetically, divinely loved us in an activist way and, and that ignites something in us like, you know, like a flamethrower to, to a gallon of gas and then, and then in response, we love him back. And, and so that's how we rise through the love of God is we're just loving back, mirroring the love that we've received. And so in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, and then 
I want to tie it into to the next step of Jesus' life and, and how the love of God looks sometimes in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Notice how intentional he was. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And there is so much in this in terms of the humility that baptism is, um, you know, the overturning of the power structures of the world that, that says who's in charge and, and, and who's in control. But Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, from the love of heaven, God's working his plan. And you may not understand it, it may not all make sense, but you don't need to. Let's just do this, and you'll see how God is working, revealing, and, and calling billions of other people into this moment that you and I are about to experience now, John. Then John consented. And in verse 16, the scripture says, And as soon as Jesus was baptized... He, he um, went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. <laughs> what was that like? And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, I love in whom I am well pleased. There is so much. We're going to unpack this in just a moment. But I want to, I want to tie this, what I would call a mountaintop experience that that this living demonstration of love and rising up in, in the love of God. I want to tie it and then come back to the next verse in chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And there's just so much in the love of God that makes very little earthly sense. It is only faith in love that lets the lights come on and helps us to understand the way of God. But, but the way of God will never be the way of the world. And the way and will of God will never be my own natural will. It is always supernatural above my comprehension, above my wanting. But when love illuminates life through faith, we understand and, and we rise. So let's kind of unpack this for, for just a little bit. Verse 1, um, uh, the first verse, rather, verse 13, tells us that, that Jesus began an intentional journey towards baptism, as must you and as must I. And then the scripture said that, that Jesus was baptized and went up out of the water. Let's think about that. We die underwater. But the reality in our world, in this snapshot of life and faith and the supernatural colliding with the natural and, and broken, um, being broken in the wholeness of God and, and, and all of human, you know, dying, being overcome in a resurrection, the reality is in this crazy clash and this mix is that, that there's a, a, a snapshot in this moment that extends through life. We die underwater. That's why we don't stay there. 
we're, we're brought up in the air, but the reality is that we die breathing air. It just takes a little longer. And, and so in this world, we die one way or the other. Baptism is a willing death to a dying world. And this moment under the water, which is not sustainable, is this portrait of us acknowledging that life in this world isn't sustainable. So we yield in love to God and we are buried with him. We are baptized and and then we are brought up to a new experience. To breathe really not the air of the world anymore, but to, to breathe the love of God through faith in Christ. Baptism is a picture of a different death, a a purposeful death, a death-defeating death, if you'll think about it. And and from the infinite and glorious love of God, we are called to rise. Last week, I'm I'm asking you to focus on the, the willing surrender, the going under, the giving up, and the dying down to a dying world. You can't keep in this world, and and inside of you, there's a sadness and a sorrow and and a bitterness and a hatred and a woundedness. There is a darkness in us that that consumes us like cancer, And, and this is what God is asking us to die to. Die to what's killing us. Die to to the the, the cancer of life apart from God. But I'm just telling you, that's not the end. There is so much more and, and there's a purposeful meaning to the dying and the meaning of the dying is the rising. And so I want you to picture in your mind the joy on the faces of those who rise up out of the water. It mirrors the joy in, in all of the, the course of heaven as, as on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and, and heaven just drowned out the, the mockery of hell and, and all of the the, the, the screams of joy as, as, as Christ was crucified. Hell was thoroughly defeated on the third day. And, and when Jesus rose, it became instantly clear that all of the plans of hell in death were, were defeated, that, that, that hell lost. And now hell is like a, a chicken with his, his neck broken, running around in the, in the farmyard, but, but already dead but doing as much damage as it can on the way out, scratching as many lives out as as it can. Jesus rose, and we rise. And this rising out of the water on Jesus was, was a bookend portrait of what would be the other end of his life. And, and it was a call for all of us to live life understanding that it's not just about the dying, it is about the rising, and it's about salvation rising in each one of our lives. From the infinite and glorious love of God, you are called to rise. Jesus' mission was all about defeating death and giving life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full, that it might overflow in you. In Mark 10, 45, the scripture says, the son of man didn't come to be served, to, to find life in, in the, you know, in, in the, um, you know, obtaining power over others, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' purpose has always been a, a life-giving purpose. His, his purpose has always been to enter into your life, to encounter you, to break into your consciousness and, and to call you to rise, to buy you back from death. And in baptism, the picture of of breaking through the surface, of rising up out of the water, is a snapshot of your whole life journey, every single day, ever up, ever on, unstoppable. The the, the reality is that the arc of our story is pictured here in this 10 seconds of time. 
And maybe that's why Jesus called each one of us to be baptized. So that in this experience, we wouldn't misunderstand it as as some saving experience, but we would understand it daily as the arc of our story. This this is what my day is about today, is about dying to the cancer within me and, and letting go of all that isn't God in life, but now I rise to all that is of God and all that God is and gives and loves and, and has for me, all the plans and purposes that are that are unstoppable and beautiful and, and eternal that I may not understand in time, but I yield to them and I let love rise in my life. No longer is my life overshadowed by fear and anger and anxiety. Now my life is illuminated by, by love and, and I rise to the challenge of a Savior calling me home. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. That word up. That word up is, is one word that you, you should write on your life. It is not down. And it's certainly not out. You are called up. You are invited in. You are not alone. You are not rejected. No matter what people do in this world because of the color of your skin. And and even if it's not because of the color of your skin, there is nobody in this world who isn't hated, who isn't alienated, who isn't broken, who isn't longing, who, who isn't dying in the desert apart from God. There is no one in this world who makes it out alive. But you are called in, invited in. There are no outsiders. There, there is no need for you to be alone any longer. It's all up in Christ. And when Christ came up out of the water, at that moment, heaven was opened. And if I could just get you to freeze frame in this moment to see the meaning of what this is all about. That that this thing Jesus did was a thing he called you to do. And every moment as it goes frame by frame in slow motion is not just a moment for him. It's a moment for you and for me. And, And in this moment of of this Galilean carpenter, this this Nazarene from nowhere, this this reality of all of heaven is now open to him. What was that like? I don't know. But the reality of that moment for him is the reality of this moment for you and for the rest of your rising up life. You, You don't you know, the work of sin is like cancer, whether it's, it's an addiction, whether it, it is whatever it is, life is always progressive. And, and so the, the selfishness of the unsaved is always progressive. The, the bitterness of the, the broken is always progressive, but so is the salvation of the saved. And, and, and when you, when you let yourself be, you know, just hopeless in the world, that is a downward spiral that's going to grow through the years into ever-increasing paralysis and weakness and darkness. But Jesus, when you dare to put your faith in his love, and you got to be desperate. Yeah, no one desperate ever... Uh, no one not desperate ever um, has any real encounter with God. If you're self-satisfied, if you think you're okay, you're hosed. I, I'm sorry, but that's all I got to say. You're, you're totally without hope in this world if you think you're fine. 
But the closer you get to broken and the more you get to desperate and the more you recognize I can't breathe in this world underwater, then you are beautifully and eternally positioned for an incredible rising up experience and journey. And, and when you rise in Christ, you will discover that, that truly heaven is opened up to you. And no matter what life is or has done to you, no matter how life feels, there is, there is nothing but light above. There is nothing but glory over you. There is nothing but God with you from that moment forward. In the faith-filled moment of our broken-hearted surrender to the love of God revealed in Christ, heaven just literally opens up to us. And as Jesus rose, we rise. It's not magic. And the, the TV preachers seeking something for themselves uh, so they can fly first class or in their jets, I don't know, whatever. Um, some would have you believe that this is magic that this isn't real world grit and dust and blood and, and sweat, but it's not how I see Jesus living. Jesus didn't live in a palace apart. Jesus um, didn't live in, in a bubble glowing. Jesus lived in a world where he worked and he made furniture, and I'm sure he hit his, his fingers with a hammer. Um, Jesus sweated. Uh, he, he, um, he was tired. He was hungry. Uh, Jesus got dirty. Um, Jesus was was hurt by people long before the the, the passion of, of of his last day. Jesus lived in a nitty gritty world in in a world that was was blood and nails. And and the life he's calling to you doesn't somehow magically transform you to a uh, problem-free yellow brick road. And the irony of even that metaphor is that the yellow brick road wasn't problem-free. <laughs> you know, there, there is no magical transformation. And if you're conceiving of faith as some sort of get out of life without courage card, you, you're, you're, again, you're, you're messed up in your thinking. What it is, is Christ in us in, in the world. What it is, is us alive in the world, in our trouble, but never overcome by it. What it is, is us living in this world uh, with heaven open to us in courage and the world can do whatever it does and it just simply doesn't matter because we now rise and our rising through faith allows others to leave their bitterness and their falling down lives and rise as well. What does it mean to live in a world of pain and darkness with heaven open above you? It means we live in hope. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. But life is hard. Yeah, it is. May he fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This isn't about you screwing up your will and, and doing it by your own bootstraps. This is about the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, you know, living in a willing heart that is that is broken open and 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 crying out and willing to do whatever God wants. Man, heaven is open above us. It means we interpret everything not by how we feel or the circumstances or the, the context of the moment or the weeks or the days or even the months that are hard, but by faith in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. 
I want you to, to remember that phrase, faith in the faithfulness. He is faithful. He has never not been faithful. Can you go through any page of this book and find someone who is hurting and helpless and, and hopeless and, and maybe not even wanting to live? Can you ever find anybody to whom God was not faithful when they trusted him? And you, my friend, will not be the first whom God has failed. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we live by faith and not by sight, not by feelings, not by our own wit and understanding. All of that is part of what dies, you know, and and we willingly let go of because my three pounds of gray matter is just, it's crazy between these ears. My sanity comes from trusting love. Living with heaven above us in a world of pain and darkness means that the rest of our lives, the power of of God in its upward call overcomes all the, the downward pull of hell and pain and, and suffering in my life and in your life. No matter where you are or how hard life is for you, the love of God has blown off all the possibilities of your life. Heaven is open above you. And all you have to do is, is look up. Baptism is salvation rising through life in the love of God. That's what it's about. That that moment of, of coming up, it never ends. It is a lifetime of rising up, of growing up, of becoming. And a voice from heaven, verse 17 said, This is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. What a, a beautiful moment. One of the very few times that that literally the the you know the reality of heaven in time over time before and after and above time you know god is so subtle most of the time although his glory is revealed in everything around us but in this moment it was as though god could not stay silent heaven could not you know do anything but break through in time and speak through the clouds over all of us to say this is my son i am so pleased with him I love how he loves. I love how he trusts. And I love him passionately and he knows that. Salvation rises when we listen in faith to the voice of God. Over all the crazy voices in our heads and all of the the breaking down critical voices around us, maybe in your past of your parents, maybe at school, but all of those other voices have to be drowned out by the voice of, of love, the love of God in Christ. Love has a name and a voice. The name is Jesus. The voice is speaking love to you that invites you to listen. Salvation rises. When we believe we're loved, when we believe that we're loved and the beloved of God, the the King James, other translations, this is my beloved son. That's who you are. You are the beloved of God. And if you will let yourself be loved, you will be the beloved. You You will live trusting I am loved, not because I am good enough or I've earned it. I am loved because God is loving. I am loved because God is good. I am loved because God is, is merciful and kind and, and, and that he has reached out to me when I was indifferent to him. I am loved because God. 
And I know that I'm loved because Jesus, he's proved it. The scripture says in Romans that God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've done nothing but offend God and God's done nothing but loved me. And so that's how I know it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. The salvation story is the story that the Son of God made save people, the daughters and sons of God as well. So in your baptism, in the 10 seconds of it, and in the endlessness of your living in afterwards, if you have faith, you're going to hear God say to you, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Father, how could you ever be well pleased with me after all I've done, after all the ways I felt? Shh, 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 shh. I've swept away all of your sin in the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. His dying's a little different than yours because in his dying, I completely eradicated and, and wiped away all of your sin. I see it no more. Now all I, I see is my, my son in you and you whom I love. Some of you think I'm exaggerating. I say you don't know scripture or you're not paying attention to it. Or you want to diminish scripture somehow so that, so that you can keep the love of God safely distant from you. And it doesn't have to grip you and, and inspire you and, and cause you to leave what you're loving now for the greater love of your heavenly father and, and rise up for Jesus Christ. You need to read your Bible. The scripture says in 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Do you know who you are? Jesus died. He gave up his life in the world for love. And it pleased the Father to see Jesus trust that resurrecting love. Over and over again, Jesus said through his life, as in Mark 9, 31, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of, of men and they will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. Jesus trusted love even when it was impossibly hard and discouraging. He will rise. Jesus trusted love when he was full of pain. Was there any greater pain than the emotional pain that Jesus suffered with the rejection and, and the ignorance that we threw at him before we crucified him? And then when we beat him with a whip that, that had metal tied in, into the end of it, then when we, we mocked him as he bled out on the cross, is there any pain greater than, than suffering in agony for every breath? And yet Jesus did all of this with heaven open above him and love guiding the way. And when all the actions of God made no earthly sense, the son of man still trusted the love that would, that would win in his life and in ours. And that's why I want to just close with tying in chapter four, verse one into this. So here's this beautiful baptism moment of Jesus where he rises a living portrait of what will happen on the third day at Easter and, and, and our invitation to be baptized so that we rise and this 10 second portrait of, of how we will live all the days of our life and forevermore. Heaven open now, heaven open forever. We rise in these moments, but but it's not a yellow brick road of easy. And in the next moment, the Holy Spirit, love led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I'm just telling you that this faith that you're called to is, 
is supernatural. It's not always going to make sense. It isn't going to be easy. Um, you're not going to be able to do what you want and get what you want if you want anything other than Jesus. Jesus knew that no matter what earth did to him, no matter what life did to them, he would rise. Heaven was above his life. The, the first and second days were full of agony. And, and, and there's going to be days in this world where we're, we're, we're going to hurt. It's going to be agony. We're not going to understand. We're not even going to like it. And sometimes we're going to be tempted to believe that God has rejected us and that he doesn't love us anymore. Father, why have you forsaken me? Nevertheless, into your hands I commit my spirit. I know that you are a faithful father and I have faith in your faithfulness. The love of God lit the way for Jesus throughout all of his, his hard days, and it will do the same for us. Jesus rose. Man, it is settled. He rose. Salvation rises in you. And you and I now need to live in the confidence of Christ. Baptism is salvation rising through life in the love of God. And just as you need to live the death of your baptism, you need to live the rise of your baptism as well. And every day, remember, as you wake up in the morning, as you rise up out of bed, that you also rose up out of death. And that no matter what is coming your way, that heaven is above you and that you can rise today. There is no limits, no ceiling no reason why the salvation of God cannot continue its perfect work in your life. It's unstoppable work. The only thing that can stop the upward rise of the salvation of God in your life is you and a lack of willingness to trust love. So who are you? You're not the defeated. You're not the depressed. You're not the ungifted. You're not the failing. You are salvation rising in the world. That is what the church is. So Romans 6, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We don't want to. It's death. We reject it. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Yes, I get that. I understand that now. And the implications of that are, are like a, you know, a, a boulder in a pond throughout the ripples of my life. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It is time for you and I to live a new life, rising with God. So you are called to rise. Heaven is beautifully open above your life. There is no limit to who you can be or what you can do in Christ if you believe. So, Here's what I want to ask you. And in these next few moments, we are going to, to spend time, you know, in response. The gospel demands a response. It, it means nothing if you hear it and do nothing with it. So, so in these next few moments, I want you to act and do something. Are you saved? Have you given your life to Christ? Is your heart dead to the world or dying in it? Have you followed Jesus in believer's baptism? Heaven is fully open above you. What is keeping you from rising evermore every day through Jesus Christ? I challenge you in the name of Jesus to picture in your mind this movement of baptism, this two-part movement who, who put together is just an explosion of grace. When you die, you get to rise and your rising never ends. 
You are called to rise and it is time to rise. The world, your family, the other students at school, they're all going to be impacted by what you choose to do with the call of your salvation and with the courage of your rise. 